Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Breathtaking football! That's what Maryland does! This is Dirt and Spray. Are you a big man? Pop, I'm talking to you! What? You wake up in the morning, you start to put on my big boy pants. Put a little jacket, you go. You take your lunch because you got big boy pants on. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. I can say big loud things. I can be demonstrative. This is how you conduct yourself in a democracy. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. They want to look to the future, we've got to tear down the past. Babe Ruth was nothing more than a fat old man with little girl legs. The Fan. I want it all. Money. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Sometimes you just can't stop swag from talking and you end up a little... Shut up over there. Shut your pie hole. God. Yes, we are indeed Portland sports leader number one, as swag just told us. That was our tagline on the uh, WHL broadcast on Sunday. I think we sponsored a uh, special teams report in the third period. Uh Uh-huh. Brought to you by 1080 The Fan. Portland sports leader. <laughs> like, hey, I know those guys. <laughs> How about that? Look at us. Did I'm... you start ranting and raving about this show? Huh? I did. I started talking college football, and I was like, wait a minute. Where am I right now? I'm confused. <laughs> I blacked out. What happened? Where's Bo Nix? <laughs> um, we have a lot to get to in the second hour. Sean Hyken is going to We didn't really talk Blazers in that segment. It kind of. I mean, there's not a lot there from last. I mean, they won. It was a good win. Yeah, Dame okay. went off again. Yeah. Yeah. I did see a, a crazy stat. They beat a bad team. The Hawks are yeah. not a good team They're without their best player. Yeah. And, you know, I th- I do think the Hawks are interesting because that's debatable. By the way, it, sure, that's fair. Um, I, I do because I don't watch. You know this. I yeah. don't. The, I see teams when they play the Blazers. Sure. So this was my first introduction into the Atlanta Hawks on the year, and all I kept thinking as I'm watching that game is, how are the Hawks not better? They got a pretty good roster. Well, I mean, the guy Murray was a great addition. He had a great game last night. The franchise leader, quote unquote, is. Part of the problem. John Collins, like everybody wants John Collins in trade talks. Pretty good. I mean, Capella's a, you know, grabbed a ton of rebounds last night. Not an elite center, but a good good rebounding center. Bogdanovich is a good score coming off the bench. Yeah, John Collins and Miles Turner, they need to go and just like be in a club by themselves of guys who are always getting traded but never actually get traded. <laughs> They're always going to be I'm so there. tired of hearing about John Collins and Miles Turner being <laughs> traded. Well, he now, I did see from the staff uh, on Lillard, he now has 517 points in the month of January. Yeah. And they don't play tonight, so that is a wrap on his month of January. That is the highest scoring uh, month in the history of the Blazers franchise. Yes. He now owns the top five months in franchise history. He is uh, the hottest player in the NBA right now. That's pretty good. He was just the Western Conference Player of the Week. Yep, and it was his 15th time earning the award. The Blazers, since L.A. left, have had two players earn Player of the Week. Well, C.J. get one? C.J. got one. I tweeted this out because I only saw one, uh-huh. and then Mike Richmond, the homie, said, you idiot. <laughs> and I said, what? what? He goes, what you missed another. And I went, I did? Zach Collins? I looked it over again, and I was like, who is he talking about? He goes... One of those is mellow. 
What? Mello got one, and I looked it up, and he was right. 1920, Mello coming off the bench or in the starting lineup had like a week where he went nuts. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. And it was the comeback story, so they oh, gave him a player of the week. So his two players of the week in his okay. entire career post-Lamarcus have been CJ one time. One time. And Mello washed Mello <laughs> one, one time. time. So there you go. <laughs> we got that going for us. Uh, I want to get to the 49ers here because I think their offseason's very interesting. That it is, Bob. Mike Sando of The Athletic wrote about this yesterday. It's really good. Go read it. Uh, Mike Sando's a local guy, but he's really tied in with the NFL, longtime NFL reporter. And he openly talks about the quarterback situation with the San Francisco 49ers. Something I want to talk about yesterday, we just didn't have time to get to it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're going to decide to do here. I don't know. Do you lean into the veteran thing? Do you say Brock Purdy showed me enough? But we also don't know the timeline now of Purdy with his UCL injury. And oh, by the way, Trey Lance got hurt again. We have like three games of a sample size with Trey Lance, and it wasn't the most amazing of three-game sample size. No, it was not. This is a Super Bowl-made roster. Everybody, even if you hate the 49ers, you openly would have to admit, it's a Super Bowl-now roster. The coach... One of the best offensive minds in football. What are they going to do here? Because in Mike Sando's piece, an anonymous executive openly says he thinks the Niners are going to trade Trey Lance to Tennessee, recoup some of that draft capital they gave up to get him. Purdy's basically out for what you would assume is the year if he gets Tommy John. And you bring in old Thomas Brady, whose lifelong boyhood team was the Niners. Oh, by the way, the team that passed on him post-New England the 49ers. Now, I don't know if he's going to choose Vegas, San Francisco, or somewhere else. What does what do the Niners do at quarterback for you? If you're if you're running the Niners and John Lynch calls you and says, what should I do, man? What would you tell him? I'd say, listen here, John, first off, give me a million dollars for my advice. I'd like to I'd like a little pay raise out of this deal. I, I actually love the thought process of Sando's plan because of that's an anonymous executive, not Sando. Okay, he sure. Was if, quoting if, if an Sando's article, sure, fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I I love it though because you don't know where Brock Purdy is going to be in his recovery time. Now he is getting a second opinion on his elbow. The initial report has him out for at least six months, so that that puts you all the way. I mean, we're already basically in February. You're missing the majority of training camp. You're talking about even if it is six months, maybe back by August, maybe. And that's like best case scenario, as you point out. If you got if he has to get Tommy John surgery, you might miss the entire year next year. Oh, he'll be out for the year if it's Tommy John, and that's a, it's just a backbreaking blow. It's horrible to go through for a young quarterback, but. I think what what would make this easier to answer is if if you're on the inside of that organization and you get to see the way these guys operate day in and day out. Mm-hmm. So what kind of changed, or not changed my mind, but reaffirmed my opinion to to a certain extent was having Matt Mayoko on last week, who talked to us about Brock Purdy from the day he was drafted, the way the 49ers felt about him in training camp, the fact that they carry three roster, quarterbacks on the the active roster because of the way he was playing in practice and the way he played in training camp. Like There has been a belief inside that locker room, it feels like, from that organization in Brock Purdy since the day he stepped foot on campus. like They, they weren't necessarily surprised by this. They felt like this was coming and he was capable of doing it. And if you have that level of belief in, in Brock Purdy, I, I would love for them to stick by, stick by him, but have an insurance policy for a year. If he's not able to play next season, I don't know if you want to go this young quarterback versus young quarterback battle thing where Trey Lance potentially comes back, and now you've got these competing young quarterbacks that are always looking over their shoulders. I, I think it makes a ton of sense to recoup some of the draft capital that you lost in the Trey Lance trade, move him to another organization, bid him farewell, and I hope he succeeds wherever he goes. You go get a quarterback that you feel like is ready to win now, 
now, and there's not many in the league that are better than Tom Brady. And if Tom Brady gets a call from the 49ers and chooses to go to another team, the dude's an idiot. There's not a better spot in the NFL for him. That division is, I would argue, a cakewalk for the next two years. Seattle's still in rebuilding mode. Arizona's just dysfunctional dumpster fire. And the Rams are not necessarily a threat to me right now. So you got a cakewalk, it feels like, in the NFC for the next year plus. You have the best roster or one of the best rosters in football around you. There's no better spot for him to go win with that offensive line, those weapons, and that defense. And so I think that plan makes a ton of sense. You give Brock Purdy a year to learn under Brady. You give him a year to get healthy. And then you hand him the reins after Brady, you would assume, retires at the age of like 74. By the way, random stat, did you see the Chiefs or the Eagles have an opportunity to get more wins in Glendale Stadium than the Cardinals had this year? <laughs> they only won how many home games did they win? I just said they'll have more wins than the Cardinals oh, had I didn't know if Glendale. either of them won a game in the regular season in Arizona. No. They didn't win a home game all year? I, I saw a tweet yesterday. I Go look what? at the schedule. But I'll look at the standings. Didn't Hold they on. only win like three or four games? They were terrible. <laughs> They were one and eight, one and eight. Okay, so they have as many wins as, as the Cardinals. Maybe that's what it was. Unless did either Kansas City or Philly go in Arizona and beat them? Uh, uh, they did. Philly went into <laughs> Philly beat them in Arizona, twenty to seventeen, and so did the Chiefs. Yeah, so that was the first wins. game of the season, forty-four to twenty-one. There it is. They'll have more yeah. wins in Glendale than the, the Cardinals have. That is so bad. Let me counter that. So we're just punting. The, the, the Trey Lance thing's done? See, in I your t- mind, it's done? To me, it's not done. It's about what you. It's more about what you saw from Brock Purdy this year. And I know that we've disagreed and we've debated this, but I, I think they believe in that organization that they, they stumbled upon something that's special. If, you didn't, if Brock Purdy did not exist, let's say they don't draft him as Mr. Irrelevant, or he gets drafted the pick before Mr. Irrelevant, and like Nate Sudfeld was your backup quarterback this year, and Nate Sudfeld played the way we all would imagine Nate Sudfeld would play, I don't think you're moving off of Trey Lance because I don't imagine that Nate Sudfeld is leading you to an NFC Championship game. I think the tough thing for them is you'd have to admit you were wrong. And when you trade the capital they traded to go get Trey Lance and it's clearly not worked out so far, don't know what the future would hold for him. I don't even know what to make him as a pro prospect. I just know what I see. And it's why I asked Mayoko this question. Is it possible Kyle Shanahan doesn't know what quarterback fits his offense best? Right? He had the RG3 run. That was fun. But they drafted Kirk Cousins. And by all accounts, he wanted Kirk Cousins in San Francisco. He did until Jimmy G popped. They had the number two pick in the draft in 2017. He had Jimmy G win five games, said, I want Jimmy G to be my quarterback. Gave him a contract. They drafted Solomon Thomas. Like a year and a half later, eh, I'm done with this guy. Like, I, I think it's the one weakness for him as an offensive mind. I maybe that's part of this, though. Maybe he now has Brock Purdy in there, and he says, this is what I want my offense to look like. Maybe it is. But also having a running threat in your offense in the NFL nowadays is a nice little weapon to have. I mean, it is. the Eagles aren't where they're at if Hurts doesn't have mobility. Very true. That's an underrated aspect to a quarterback. They would have to openly admit, though, we were wrong. We whiffed. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with teams doing that, by the way. If a team whiffs... They whiff. Move on. I commend the Bears for this. I commend the Cardinals for this. Even if I don't buy Kyler, they said, man, Rosen's not the dude. The Bears were like, hey, we're trading all this stuff to pass up Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. We want to draft Mitchell Trubisky. They gave it three, four years. Nah, this wasn't it. They whiffed, and they moved on, and they drafted Justin Fields. Organizations have to be willing to say we were wrong on stuff. I just... I look at that team, and I watch that game on Sunday, and the Eagles are really effing good. Mm-hmm. But I'm also looking at a damn complete 
football team in San Francisco. They've been one player away for five years. And it's the most important position. They, they've got to be inside their offices. I won't put anything past them as a team this offseason because I'd imagine in those offices, they're just done with this injury stuff, man. Do you? How much did you? would you trust Trey Lance to come back and stay healthy next year? Not much. I don't know if I would either. And now Brock Purdy's got a UCL injury. You don't have any other options outside of that. This team is ready-made to win. You don't know how big that window is. You'd imagine with coach and GM being good, it's open. But you just never know. They have got to get ballsy this summer. And if that's Brady, okay. If it's Rodgers, all right. I don't know what they're going to do. But they need to have that position locked down going into next year. I don't know if saying, well, Trey's healthy, and then giving it five or six games is enough. Right, with Brock Purdy waiting behind him, potentially coming back from an injury, you and then you got be, this whole yes. back-and-forth 1A, 1B yep. thing. Yep. You don't want to deal with that. you got to be elite at that position. And as good as he is as a play caller, as talented as that team is, it has not been good enough for them. Nope. And it's the one thing that's held them back. And we'll see. Mike Sando saying an exec is openly saying they want to trade Trey Lance to Tennessee and then uh, sit Purdy for the year with the injury and go get Tom Brady. You get another first-round pick out of that deal? You bring in Brady for a year? That's a that's a win-win situation. And the only counter I have to what you said, because I agree with everything on on the coach and how do you feel about developing your quarterback and finding your guy and all that. I don't. I think they would spin it from a PR angle. Is we're not we don't not believe in Trey Lance. We believe in Trey Lance. We just we we stumbled upon something that we didn't think we stumbled upon. And we found Brock Purdy in the seventh round. He took us to an NFC title game, and we want to ride with him. It's not that we're giving up on Trey Lance. It's just we found another young quarterback, and we think this guy is the quarterback of our future. It's a good PR, but you are giving up on the young guy. <laughs> you are giving up on it, but I think that's the way they would try Because they're going to try and sell him in the market. I'm going to say, well, hey, why am I taking this guy? You're offloading him after two years? Yeah. Why am I giving you a first-round pick for him? So they're going to have to sell it somehow. Yeah. All right. It's uh, 718 Dirt and Sprague back with more on 1080. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Sean Hyken, Rose Garden Report, covers the Blazers, going to join us coming up here at the bottom of the hour. How did Boys to Men not do the national anthem in Philly this weekend? How did you not call Boys to Men? 
Uh, what was uh, I think it was was Anita Baker the one in Philly? Yeah, that didn't go so well. That wasn't it great. Didn't. I kind of felt for Anita there. That wasn't great. A little cold, a little cold, a little chilly, a little out of tune. Not yeah, great. but compared to like the Cincinnati Kansas City one, it was not good. Yeah, who's doing the? Do we know who's doing the anthem for the Super Bowl? I don't think we. Well, maybe oh. we do. Did you know Rihanna's doing halftime? I've not seen a single commercial for that yet. It, it caught me off guard. I don't care. Do you I know she's wait. coming back? Where's she been? She hasn't released an album in like 10 years. Really? It's been a minute, yeah. What's she been doing? Uh, she's become a billionaire. She's oh, created okay. a lingerie line, which is... Don't follow uh, her on Instagram. Stapleton oh. is oh. doing the national Hell hey. Yeah! There we go! Woo! Get the whites excited! USA! USA! Let's go! I'm fired up now! Stapleton's best. White people getting excited for the anthem. <laughs> Black people excited for the halftime show. And Babyface is doing America oh, the Beautiful as well baby, in the pre Babyface. Let's go, man. I haven't heard the name Babyface in a while. That's because he's uber rich and does not need to do much. He's Good just producing music once producer. in a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way you should be, man. Um, What were you? You were just talking about. Oh, Rihanna. Yeah, Rihanna. So she's created her lingerie line and um, like a uh, lipstick makeup line. Okay. And good for her. It's blown up. Ah. So, like, why do you need to keep making music if you're worth a billion dollars? So you're saying I should follow her on Instagram? Is that what you're saying? Um, Not if you're married. Okay, no follow. <laughs> no follow Rihanna. Her Instagram posts are like, whoa, is, is softcore? What am I watching here? Oh, okay. I didn't know Rihanna was into that kind of thing. Well, I mean, she's got to show what the, the line is. You, you got to show off your product. Look I at my new it. underwear. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. She's back, baby. Does it come like this and like packed away and just open the box and just like that? Or That's the way it looks. Did you see what MVS said? Uh, I did not see what MVS uh, Baldez said. Baldez Scantling tweeted after the AFC Championship game, uh, Am I allowed to go watch Rihanna at halftime though? For real? <laughs> can I can I stumble out of the locker room? Just check, just take a peep. I just want a quick look. Also, I forget who it was, but I saw yesterday on Twitter one of the Chiefs uh linemen. I don't know if he's a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman, but he was sitting at his locker and he was holding the AFC championship trophy. And he took a photo with a cigar in his mouth, the trophies in his lap, and he says, Thank y'all for coming out to the fifth annual Kansas City Chiefs Invitational. We'll see y'all again next year. <laughs> That's well played. There's some really classic stories from Oregon State football players and Rihanna from way back in the day. Oh, that, at uh, the uh, the uh, the famous Sun Bowl. Yeah, she I want to say circa what was that? 2006. 2006 was it that far back? Yeah, and she she had, before she blew up. This was uh, was that the Lyle Moivau six three game in the wind? Uh, I'll pull it up. They had two, they had multiple Sun Bowl appearances. Yeah, they had a couple Sun Bowl games. Or was that the Missouri ridiculous? That was comeback? Missouri. I think it was Missouri-Oregon State, the one that people reference. So there's an 06 Sumble. There's a the 08 Sumble. No, it's the 06. Uh, 06 Sumble was 39-38. That yeah, was the Missouri game. That was the exciting game. game, yeah. That one was good. The, the other o Pittsburgh one was terrible. 08 Sumble was your 3 to nothing <laughs> slobberknocker. It, it might be, honestly. Oregon-Oregon State have that uh, unique history of having the toilet bowl, the 0-0 tie. Yeah, the last scoreless tie in college football. In college football, that might be the worst bowl game in bowl game history. Oregon State, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Was it 3-zip or 6-3? Three? 3 Three to nothing. Yeah. Wow. Was your final That was score. an absolutely yeah, awful game. Yeah, it was like 40-mile-an-hour wins. Yeah. You couldn't do anything. It was run, 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 run. And the I field goal came was... in the second quarter, too. It wasn't even like <laughs> yeah. a last-second kick. They kicked <laughs> the field goal like with two minutes shot. to go at the end of the first half, and that yep. was it. 
You're like punts like you would punt it and it would get blown back over your head mm-hmm. if you yeah. were going into the wind. So this is great. On the Wikipedia page, you can see. So for the 3 nothing game, you know who the halftime show of that Sun Bowl was? No. The Village People. How about that? Isn't that great? Uh-huh. I'm going to pull up 06 just to check. Uh, Young man. <laughs> oh, this one doesn't list the halftime of the show for some reason. But, yeah, there, there are some great stories that before she blew up, she showed up for that halftime show or performances. And uh, Oregon State players were very – they were they were smitten. They were they were looking around saying, who is this gal? I think she had just come out with that uh, – the, the Palm the Replay song. I think yeah. that was like her first blow-up song, and I think it had just come out when she went to perform that. So, you know, she was booking any and everything. <laughs> It's amazing how much she's blown up. I saw her in concert in, like, 2007. Okay, that's early days. And she was, you know, well-known. She was an opening act mm-hmm. uh, for a Nazi that I no longer listen to. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she was cool. She was fine. But now she's, like, the, one of the biggest things in the world. It's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. I I, I, I will obviously watch the halftime show. Uh, you watch everything. You we watch it, you watch it all. This. Yeah. I, but I will say, because Sunday I had to do the, the TV broadcast, and so I, I watched the majority of the 49er Eagle game before I had to go in to do the, the Winterhawks game. And then caught the end of it. I, I figured it was a blowout based on I had seen enough that they didn't have a quarterback that could throw a football that I don't really need to pay too close of attention to this second half. But I avoided all spoilers, and I watched the Chiefs-Bengals game when I got home. Home. And I'll tell you, man, if I didn't have if you didn't have to like interact with people, if it wasn't fun to like text during a game or send out your hot takes on Twitter, watching a game on the DVR was incredible. Well, you don't have to actually react I know you on don't. Twitter and you, you don't. don't have to send texts with hot takes. You don't. You don't. But sometimes it's fun in the middle of a game. If you get a text from a buddy that's freaking out, mostly about your team, that's not really the case in Chiefs and, and Bengals. Sure. But fast forwarding through commercials, through injuries, through the end of quarters, through halftime. Oh, it was inc- it was incredible. I've actually had a problem with my Comcast fast forwarding feature. See, and mine didn't do it this time. That's really weird. And I don't know why. So I missed the second half of Oregon UNC in the bowl game. And so when I came back, I watched on the recorded version. I was trying to fast forward through the halftime and fast forward through the commercials. And every time it would stop my fast forward motion right as the commercial ended. Yes. And then it would be them talking for a couple, you know, few seconds. And then the place, and it wouldn't let me fast forward. It kept dragging me back. Yeah, you'd get like 30 to 40 seconds of commercial every time. And I'm like, dude, I'm paying for the service. (laughs) Let me play it where I want to play it. That's why I recorded it. Yes. Or stupid. Why don't we set it up to where it actually starts playing when the, you know, why don't we just get a button that says skip. Skip to the next next segment. Skip to play. Yes, you know that'd be a good button. Skip to play. Skip to play. Right at right before the snap. Ready? Like it just goes <laughs> to that point every single time. God, that would be incredible. Yeah, that's that what would, we need. That would be. Incredible. We need a sports DVR. There we go. Trademark. Trademark. TM. Trademark. We'll make it. We'll sell it to Comcast and Dish and all those people, and I think they'll implement <laughs> it. The sports DVR. Love it. Uh, all right, let's uh, dive back into the Blazers. We haven't even gotten to the big NFL news. And that was the Chargers have a new offensive coordinator. That they do, Bob. We'll talk about that today. We'll get our thoughts on that. It's Kellen Moore. Um, but we talk with Sean Hyken of Rose Garden Report, and we'll do it next, get his thoughts on the Blazers, the deadline, everything else looming. Sean Hyken next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents The Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing. Born at the Beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday. Brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the Beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Let's talk some Blazers, shall we? Lots going on. They got a win last night. The trade deadline's around the corner. And uh, joining us now is our friend, our Odyssey brethren, Sean Hyken. And you can subscribe to the Rose Garden Report, the newsletter, the podcast, at rosegardenreport.com, uh, <laughs> at Hyken on Twitter. Coworkers. He's a, he's a co-worker, man. He's <laughs> like, hey, we're like Eskimo bros at this point. This is how it rolls in the Odyssey world. Sean, good morning to you, man. Let's start with last night. They get a win. I know Trey Young didn't play. Dame goes off again. Yeek went out. One of the better offensive nights they've had all year. Defense, that's a different conversation. Uh, how you feeling after last night and what you saw on the floor at the Rose Garden? Well, I mean, I think I think the thing you have to be encouraged by, um, at least in the offensive end, like you said, the defense is kind of a different thing. But they've been a lot better at taking care of the ball lately. There've been a lot more clean games. Like they only had eight turnovers last night. That that hasn't we, we've seen that kind of being an issue throughout the whole season. They'll have you know, fifteen, twenty, twenty-four. I think twenty-four is the season high, but. You know, their turnovers have been kind of, you know, outrageous numbers like that. They've been pretty good lately about keeping those down. So I, I, I think that would be something that you would be encouraged by. Obviously, the defense needs to be a lot better. And uh, the rebounding, I think, was also a little bit concerning last night. The Hawks are, I mean, with the, the, other, the other night when they just got destroyed on the glass against Toronto, like, A, Toronto is one of the best rebounding teams in the league, but then also they didn't have their two best rebounders, Josh Hart and Yusuf Nurkic. They had both of those guys last night. The Hawks are, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they're like in the 20s in like the team that gets the most rebounds in the league. And they out-rebounded them. Uh, so that, that, that's, that's a little bit of a concern. But obviously, you know, given the way that the, you know, the January has gone for Portland, you, 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 know, you want to close out the month with a win, and they did that. Well, how do you put into words what we're seeing from Dame? This is, you know, this is all-time stuff for him. I know he's had some runs very similar to this, but he wins Player of the Week. He's averaging 42 points in this span. He goes for over 40 again. He just cannot be stopped right now. How do you put into words what we're seeing with Dame? He just looks comfortable out there. The thing about this, and you know, we kind of said this after the 60-point game the other night, and I think this was actually also true last night when he had 42. It doesn't feel 
loud. Like he, it's not, it's not like he's just going out and just hitting these haymaker, you know, three pointers where he pulls up from three and just like from half court and, and it's just and it's just this thing that like sets the entire arena off. It just it feels like, you know, multiple times our you know, I I on press row I sit next to our buddy and our our you know your coworker Danny Morang, and we'll look up at the box score or like up at the scoreboard in the middle of the third quarter and be like, when did Dane get thirty? <laughs> like it doesn't feel like he's just going off, but you just look up and he's just like accumulating points. And I think a lot of that is just because he's doing it in the flow of the game. He's not doing it in the sense of like, Oh, I feel like I have to take over. He's just kind of doing it. And uh, something, you know, one, one thing that I asked him about last night is his finishing at the rim. I, he's shooting around, I think like in the high sixties, he's shooting like 67% in, you know, from zero to three feet from the basket, which is by far the highest percentage he shot in his career from, you know, from basically right at the, at the basket. And, he said, you know, being healthy and having that core muscle thing taken care of, this is what, you know, the, this is what that is. It's, it's that he feels a lot more comfortable finishing. He feels a lot more comfortable attacking. And it's, so it's not just that he's just like bombing deep threes that he's putting up these big scoring numbers. He's doing it in a variety of ways now. Yeah, going 17 to 17 at the free throw line helps a ton too. Sean Hyken is our guest. At, at Hyken on Twitter, go give him a follow. The Rose Garden Report, the newsletter, the podcast. Uh, you can check it out at rosegardenreport.com. The, the deadline is coming up, and I, fans are eagerly awaiting what, what kind of news we're going to get out of this deal because I think most of us are in the same mindset of, like, we didn't expect Portland to win a championship this year. They're not a top three or four team in the West. Should they be better than their record? Yeah, probably. There's some talent on this team. And especially as you're just highlighting the way Damian Lillard is playing as of late, it's like this guy is at an all NBA level again. And it feels like it's the same story again, where he just doesn't have enough help. What are you hearing and how are you feeling about how aggressive Joe Cronin's going to be now in his first trade deadline as the full-time general manager? They're looking at a lot of different things. I, I think there are a few players that I think are extremely unlikely to be traded, and I would put that, you know, I would put that as you know, Jeremy Grant, Anthony Simon, Shaden Sharp. I'd put in that category. The only guy that I think is a hundred percent completely off the table is Dane. But other than that, you know, they're they're looking at everything. They're looking at, uh, you know, the the names that I think are probably the most likely to be moved are, you know, not really that much of a surprise. Josh Hart, Yusuf Nurkic, just for a variety of reasons, I think those are the ones that it's more likely that we're going to see moved. And, you know, it, 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 it's funny. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to be evasive here. I genuinely have not heard a lot as far as names of guys that they've been linked to or guys that they're talking seriously about. I don't know how much of that is that this front office doesn't really leak that kind of stuff the way that a lot of other front offices around the league, like if they're talking to, any team about anybody you'll hear about it. The Blazers, at you know, at least this this current version of it doesn't really operate like that. But also just around the league, like you're just not hearing as much stuff as you are now. I think that's going to pick up closer to the deadline. Like I do think there's it's going to be an active deadline and there's going to be some stuff happening. But this far out, we're what nine days, ten days, something like that out from the deadline, which is next Thursday. And I think part of it is that the standings are so jumbled up and all these teams are so close together. I think the Blazers, I don't have the standings in front of me, but I think they're only, you know, two games out of fourth or three games out of fourth in the West and they're 12th right now. 
And I think a lot of teams, like there aren't like a clear, you know, delineation of buyers and sellers right now where you know that these teams are going for the lottery, so they're going to just be selling off all their veterans. Like there usually is this time of year. So many teams feel like they're still in it right now that they're not, that, you know, if you're going to get any of their guys, you're going to have to give up a lot. And that's, you know, that's usually the case this far out before the deadline. I think in the net, in the, you know, the next week, and we, you know, once we get to like two, three days before the deadline, things are going to maybe start to get a little bit more serious, but, Right, right now it's kind of quiet, but I do, I do know that the Blazers are behind the scenes are talking about a lot of things, looking at a lot of things. Shauna, it's not that Dame playing this level surprises anybody. I think in that organization, Joe's been around his whole career. He's he's seen what Dame is capable of, and you mentioned the surgery and him feeling a lot better physically. And this is the output you get. But I, I guess I would ask, like, he's at that he's at that point in his career that is always the most exciting for me when you get a veteran player of his caliber where it feels like he he's unlocked it all he knows when to get buckets he knows how to get buckets you can't really do much about it and to me it's more about what's around him in terms of what the win loss record is than it is him himself do you think that this level of productivity has maybe changed i know this organization isn't leaking anything but do you think that this team is recalibrating or rethinking about the way to navigate the future? Because he told us early, hey, you know, I'm doing the, the balancing act of youth and, and trying to win. And that's, that's not always easy. I think it's part of their struggle. And I think teams like Golden State are showing you it's also not easy. Do you think with the way that Dame's played, maybe not so much the deadline, but no matter how this ends this season, the summer we might see some pretty big surprising moves from Portland given what we thought coming into this year. I haven't gotten the impression that the last two weeks, good or bad, you know, good with, you know, the, the way Dame has been playing bad with, you know, how many losses they've been taking in games they probably should have won. I haven't gotten the sense that anything has really changed about what the Blazers are or are not looking to do i think it's unlikely they do anything big at the deadline mostly just because they owe that first round pick to chicago through 2028 and so right now it would be pretty difficult for them to do anything using draft capital and that's where you would be talking about like you know the name that's kind of thrown around probably the biggest name that's getting thrown around is like possible to trade is og and Anobi. that's somebody that the blazers have looked at in the past over the summer they talked pretty seriously with toronto about him I think Toronto is as if they move at the deadline, they're looking at trying to get multiple first round picks back. The Blazers aren't really in a position right now where they can offer that without doing some stuff with the protections on those picks, which I don't know how smart that would be to do at the deadline, considering how close they are to the line of either being in the lottery or being in the playoffs. I don't, so I don't think they're going to do anything big at the deadline. It's going to be a lot of incremental stuff. It's going to be probably just swapping out hard and, you know, maybe Nurk, you know, I, I, I'm hesitant to even throw names out there, even though it's kind of obvious that those are the two guys that are the most likely to be moved, but it's going to be swapping out those types of guys for other supporting players that maybe make more sense positionally. That's kind of more what I would, now I could be wrong. There could be something big that falls into their lap unexpectedly, but Hmm. where it stands right now, that's kind of what I would expect to happen in the next nine days and then I, I do think eventually there is going to be some kind of all in, you know, the Blazers traded, you know, significant, you know, 
supporting player and multiple future first round picks and swaps for a legitimate co-star X for, for Dane, like that's going to happen at some point. I think that's going to happen more likely at the deadline or at, at this off season or next deadline than it is this deadline. I think this, 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 you know, the next 10 days is going to be more like incremental stuff. Hmm. Well, getting a seven-footer that understands that he is a seven-footer and plays like a seven-footer would be a step in the right direction for me. Last one for you, Sean. Uh, anything there on Jeremy Grant not signing the extension yet? What, what do we know about that? I would have been surprised if he'd signed it because he, you know, and he, he, he you know, the, the, the deal that he's eligible for now is uh, four years, 112, which, you know, that's what's that, 28 a year. He's probably outplayed that this off season or this season rather. And I think it's going to be one of, I would, I don't think there's going to be anything there for anybody to worry about. I think it's just, he's outplayed that number. If he waits six months, he can get, you know, more money and also potentially more years. They could go to a fifth year. I would expect it's going to be one of those deals like Anthony Simons' deal this past uh, year where, it's twelve oh one on June thirtieth, and you get the Woj tweet or the Sham tweet or whoever ends up breaking it that they agreed to a deal. It's going to be one of those ones where, like, they didn't trade for him to let him walk. And from everything I know, he's very happy here. He likes it here. He likes playing with Dane. He likes uh, his teammates. He likes the city. He likes the organization. Uh, I I don't think there's going to be any drama with him resigning. It's just. It's going to be, if he waits six months, he can get a little bit more money and maybe an extra year. I, I think that's all that is. Okay, great stuff. Sean Hyken at Hyken on Twitter. We'll give him a follow. He's at the Rose Garden Report, rosegardenreport.com. You can catch his Rose Garden Report podcast right here on the Odyssey app. And uh, give, subscribe for the newsletter and all the information you need on the Portland Trailblazer. Sean, we always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for the insight. Let's catch up again here soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. There you go. Sean Hyken of the Rose Garden Report. Uh, a couple of things there. I want to get to on the other side because we've we've kind of flirted around the Blazers. They won last night. They they beat the Hawks and Trey Young didn't play. But hey, Dame went off. He's had a great stretch here. Another incredible game for him. Seventeen to seventeen at the free throw line. He goes for forty two. It's all time stuff from him. All time, yeah, literally the best month in Blazer history from mm-hmm. a scoring perspective. Um, I I tend to agree with what Hyken said, and he's obviously way more plugged in than I am on a day to day basis. A nerk trade, a hard trade. Is that like there, there? I sense an apathy from the fan base right now. Is that enough? Is that enough to get you to kind of re-engage? I guess part of it would depend on who's coming back in return. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll get to some other stuff in the final hour, including the mail sack. Your questions welcome, 503-250-1080. A little more on the Blazers next on the floor. All right, I got some college football stuff in my notes for the final hour. Ooh, I love some good college football yeah. stuff, huh? The man of the senior bowl. Who's the man of the senior bowl? Jack Coletto. Oh, is he? Yeah. Is that going on right now? Senior bowl's going on? Yeah. Okay. That's more of an NFL thing, but it's okay. I mean, it's the college guys still. That's and they're true. jockeying for draft position. He uh, he is starting to get a little bit of the Taysom, uh, Taysom Hill look. Like, As he people should. People are starting to wonder, like, yo, this kid can really play, like, six positions. I'll tell you what. Once he gets drafted by an NFL team and he's no longer an Oregon State Beaver, yeah. I'm going to go buy a Jackhammer t-shirt. 
Are you? I think I will. Okay. That guy's awesome, dude. He is. He's a good story. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think every fan, no matter how you feel about Oregon State, I think every fan base would love to have a Jack Coletto How would on the you team, not? Right? He's also a local kid. Yeah, that's true. Like that's I, I always root for local. I, the, the Rooting against local kids at the next level is the funniest thing to me. Well, the only one who can't root for him is Sucanic because <laughs> he's from Camas. So. That's, that's true. He's a, he's a paper maker. <laughs> uh, a couple things there from Sean Heiken I want to dive into. One, as, as you were noting during the break, we were talking about this, an interesting thought from Heiken is that he does believe at some point an all-in move is going to happen. Now, he said it's likely not going to happen in the next two weeks, so hello, carrot, let's dangle it a little bit nah, further so we can again. chase it down. Yeah. But he said he does believe that at some point an all-in move will take place either this offseason or next trade deadline. So you only got to wait another year for it. Uh, but I, at, at least hearing somebody who's plugged in say that made me feel a little bit better inside. Did it? Because we heard the same stuff yeah. for a decade with the last. I'm not saying Joe is the same as yeah. Neil. I got to give him the. I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm okay. probably stupid there, and I'm naive, and I'm a glass half full guy. But I sure. I can't blame the sins of his predecessor on him. Uh, no, but. I think it's fascinating to watch him because he worked for him so for so long. He like there. One element that hit me during that interview was Sean saying, there's not a lot out there. I mean, I'm listening to a, I've been listening to all the pods, you know, Haynes and Stein have one now. There was, it's no mention of any teams outside of the Lakers, basically. Because of course, why not? Well, you know, it's the big dog. And then I listened to one with Zach Lowe, one with Bobby Marks, one he did uh, yesterday or two days ago. And like, he's openly, Zach Lowe is just openly bringing up the Blazers going, would you trade Ann and Nurk for Zach Levine? And then I forget his blanking on his guess, but his guess was like, really? And his, he, he walked it back. Basically, was like, yeah, you're right. That's not a good deal <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. that would. I mean, that would. That's it. That that's, that's the move. Your move. That's because Zach Levine's on a two hundred million plus dollar deal. Good luck with that. Um, there's just not a lot out there. You know who was also real secretive and didn't leak stuff? Neil. Yep. So I'm not saying Joe is going to operate the exact same way. I'm just simply suggesting there might be elements of the Neil era that Joe picks and chooses and says, I liked what we did with this. And I think Chatter is one of them. I think he's real fly-under-the-radar guy. Is he going to be willing to part? Now, I'm not expecting a whole lot of the deadline. I know you asked an apathy question. I, I'd be stunned if there wasn't some form of apathy setting in for some fans, not all, but some, given where the team currently is and knowing they're not winning anything this year. Just another here we go again. But I think if for the diehard Blazer fans out there, you're, hope, you're hanging and, and, and fighting for the dangling carrot, the thing that you just talked about. And I'm not saying you, you shouldn't trust Joe. It's just interesting that you're willing to do it so quickly again. The dangling of a carrot of this could be the year. If they come up short, how many years did have you and I done a show, <laughs> Dirt, where we've talked about if they come up short this year, it has to be the year they trade CJ, right? <laughs> we did that segment a lot. A lot. A lot. There were like three, four straight years, and they didn't. So I don't know. I If I'm a general manager, and I know there's so many more nuanced things to it than this, but if, if I'm watching what I see and I'm seeing Dame, all I'm thinking about is imagine if Dame has a real all-star next to him. You need two to win at the highest level in the NBA. And they don't have two. And yeah, and so it's like I'm willing to do any and everything, but is Joe. We we just 
We have no idea because Ann is so young and he just signed the deal. Yeah, the part that I think Heiken is valid on is the trade capital becomes a little easier to maneuver with in the offseason. So maybe that's their calculation. Let's try and get better on the fringes and then we can make our big, you know, sweeping all in move in the offseason. Yeah, there's not a big move coming in, in 10 days here, guys. No. This is a Josh Hart for. Hey, you get rid of Nurk guys, and you give you know? me a legitimate set. I mean, not legitimate, but a, set, a center that plays like a center. I, I There is a lot of, like, somebody texted him. Where did this go? Uh, my apathy said in a month ago. I just don't care to watch this team continue to be mid. I I want them to decide if they want to tank or if they want to go all in. This purgatory is literally the worst. That's where Portland it feels like it's been for a long time. To your point on, we've had this conversation. Somebody said listening to the Blazer talk is like Groundhog Day. I feel like we've had the same discussion over and over and over and over again for I know. four years now. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, like I I feel the apathy as well. I'm still watching all the games. I have I have not unplugged from the team. Um, but I I feel the apathy. The hard thing is whatever. Like, I think the fit is just, I like the way he plays. I like the energy that he brings. The fit has been not ideal. And he's also an undersized small forward. And that that whole thing is complicated. If you move Nurkic and you get me a seven-footer that plays like a seven-footer, that, 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 will, that will lessen my apathy slightly. Because last night was a get, I just was atrocious. It was awful. Oh, Capella was he was just dom- he couldn't get a re- he couldn't grab a rebound. No, and Capella was grabbing. He grabbed a possession <laughs> where he grabbed four rebounds. Yes, on one possession, and he finally finished it by just yamming all over Nurk and rocking the rim real hard. And whose ass was on the bench in crunch time? Well, it's Nurk because defensively and offensively, they're better without him. So what are we doing here? They need to go get a rim running big. Yes, and, and I'll tell you right now. I'm so desperate for it. I'd, I'd do something stupid. This is why I don't need to be a general manager. I'd just go get Mo Bamba. Like, I don't even care what Mo Bamba is as a I'd person. Be all in, dude. Just give me the 7-3 guy who's going to be super athletic and grab everything and dunk it. Run the floor. Yeah. I'd... Not even that Mo Bamba's a great player. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, it's run its course. And to that first, uh, that one text you just read, 100%. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like this is just Groundhog's Day over. And that's why I'm surprised you're sitting there chasing the dangling carrot i know i want them to make big moves but the carrot looks so enticing though doesn't it looks like a nice big juicy carrot yeah i mean this dude i mean guys he is doing things this is one of the greatest runs in his career i saw this last night and i know everybody kind of knows what those numbers are Uh, i saw this from nba central which is just an aggregate website um but it, it basically were his averages like the last 10 games and it's, you know, you look at it, you're like 50, 52, 40, 42, 60, 6, you know what I mean? It's like 55, and the percentages are over yeah. 50%. And yeah. it's just nuts what he is doing right now. And last night, it's just effortless. He just goes out there and it's like, oh, there's 40. There's a there's a, there's a 40 piece for you. That's the way it's working right now. So uh, we'll see what happens in the next week. Good stuff from Sean Hyken. If you missed that, go check the pot. He did say that he, he believes at some point in the next year they will make an all-in move, but unlikely uh, in the next 10 days. So let's all chase after that carrot together. I got some college football notes I want to get to. Kellen uh, Moore was hired as the offensive coordinator of the Chargers. That happened at the very tail end of the show yesterday. So we'll dive in a little bit to that. I still have not gotten to my hero. Sprite's got a new villain in sports, but got to get to heroes and villains. It is the uh, Mail Sack Tuesday, so get your questions in 503-250-1080. It is a loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 